Welcome to issue one, two, three of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Mike. How are you, sir? Daniel, good to see you. Oh, what a delight well. to be seen. Um, we're also joined by our lovely mentor, Steve. Steve, how are you? I'm, I'm feeling impish. Oh, impish. impish. Yeah, ch- kind of childish tonight. I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> well, what can we do with such childish excitement, Steve? We can talk about the uh, Children of Thanos modular set. Oh, that's hey. a little bitty one, right? Yeah, it's an itty That's like imp, imp-sized. It is. Oh, it, right. Wait, this, didn't we already do all the lore for these people? Pretty sure I remember every one of these names, Steve. Yeah, we did. So, uh, I mean, it's only a four-card set. has four unique cards. It comes okay. with the Mad Titan Shadow, but we got to talk about it. So we're going to talk, we're going to recap their stories a little okay. bit. How okay. maybe a little bit how they interact with Thanos, particularly since it is a set that you will play with Thanos, who will be coming up soon. We're gonna play some games. We're gonna talk about the cards. So you know, children, we gotta play some games, right? That's, I can't that wait. Is what children do? Yeah. So so let's just get right to it, huh? I mean, it's gonna be a good tonight, but let's do dive it. in. All right. So I'm gonna talk about Corvus Glaive. We had some really nice guests on from Married and Board who talked all about Corvus Glaive, but here's a little recap. And this recap is very much inspired by a really nice website that we use often, the marvel.fandom.com. So if you want to read more and you don't have the comic books, you can go check out that webpage. But Corvus Glaive, he's a member of Thanos' Black Order alongside his wife Proxima Midnight and his brother, Black Dwarf. And he serves as the right-hand man for the Mad Titan. One of his tasks was to always force the planets that were harassed, uh, I mean, enlightened by Thanos Thank uh, to, to give his master tribute. That was part of his task. Make sure they're paying up. And then eventually Corvus Glaive takes advantage when Thanos becomes absent following the rebirth of the multiverse at, at the hands of Mr. Fantastic. It's like this whole big thing where the multiverse is like destroyed and reborn. Um, so Corvus starts his own Black Order. And he takes over the Black Quadrant, which is a moon that used to belong to Thanos. So he takes it for himself in his new Black Order. And then Glaive spends a whole bunch of time building his empire, taking over planets, spreading his influence throughout the galaxy, and making his own army grow. Hmm. It's just weird how these villains can't trust the other villains. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if if there's like a theme or something larger at play in an idea like that. What an hmm. interesting, interesting idea. Steve, you better not disappear. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, boy. Great. <laughs> Looks like Steve doesn't have the biggest room in the lair anymore, Mike. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Evil feeds upon itself. We're in trouble here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Poxima, Steve. <laughs> Poxima. She's like the plague... Uh, bring her. Okay, all right, all right. Hold on. Poxima on both your houses. Your <laughs> so, so for folks who might not have figured this out by now or don't know me, I tend to have some typos when I type. 
So they like no, to can't understand uh, half of his texts. However, no one else does it. So you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Don't get upset. I think do it yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do it yourself or become the new leader. Wait, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I always thought shoot. Steve was just quoting passages from the Voynich manuscript, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if spell check doesn't catch it, it's not getting caught with me. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, your spell check has to be on. Oh, it's on. It's, yeah. Well, you know, you can type words where the spell check can't even guess. You know. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Now, right. same spell totally checker f- uses for Scrabble. Yeah, I'm completely fluent in typos, so people will send. You know, they'll be off a letter to the left or something, and I can read it completely fine. And they'll they'll try to explain themselves. Some, oh, I got it. I get you. I got it. Good. Yeah. Anyway, Encoded. Mike, tell us about Proxima. All right, Proxima Midnight, <laughs> the servant of Thanos, who she had served for, I don't know, some some number of years. We don't know. She used to serve in Thanos' Butcher Squadron, oh, an elite nice team that carried out barbaric acts of murder that oh. Thanos ordered. And she carried them out without question. One of the jobs this team did was to wipe out the pacifist Dors... This is why you gave this one to me. The Dorsirnir? Dorsirnir? It's spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Dorkarnir. The Dorkarnir people. Uh, they later were ordered by Thanos to launch an attack on the planet Zen Huberi to prevent it from being taken over by the Universal Church of Truth. You, you two should know who that planet, what that planet is. You know who they are. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's Gamora's people. Yep. Years later, Proxima Midnight was a member of Thanos' Black Order and one of the best combatants of the Mad Titan's army. When Thanos targeted Earth as the next planet he would raise, Proxima Midnight was dispatched to Atlantis to retrieve Namor's Infinity Gem. Because they gave Namor an Infinity Gem. What were they thinking? I know. But first, she would off to <laughs> literally make landfall in the heart of New York City. Yeah. Taking a contingent of Thanos' army where she could proceed to lay waste to the city and its denizens. Hmm. Who, who was it? Americano said, uh, I don't know why anyone would live in New York City in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like Omaha's looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um well there's one more fella to tell you all about, guys. You may re- you remember my big debrief on Ebony Ma, who we lovingly refer to as Blackmouth? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll just remind you all things I said before. Began his life as a servant of Thanos in the elite team of killers named as Mike already wonderfully told us, the Butcher Squadron. Mm-hmm. Like all other pirates, soldiers, and mercenaries Thanos gathered to form his crew, Ma and the Butcher Squadron lived in the space station Zero Sanctuary. In his time there, Ma started observing Thanos in order to better understand him. After the Butcher Squadron slaughtered the Zen Huberis to prevent the Magoos from converting them into members of his Universal Church of Truth, <laughs> Thanos took the Magus. only remaining member of their species, a girl named Gomora, as a prisoner. The all-powerful Magus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Magoos. <laughs> Seeing as the girl was somehow important to Thanos, Ma planned to let her out of her cell in the hopes that he could ingratiate her to the Butcher Squadron. But she ran away. He then convinced the other members of the Butcher Squadron to help him find her so he could return her to Thanos. That way, Ma intended to show Thanos that his own underlings could take his new obsession away from him, which would in turn make the Mad Titan look vulnerable in front of the rest of his crew. Hmm, I'm getting another idea. Yeah. Ma, yeah. <laughs> Ma's just not a nice fella yeah the whisperer right like he's always scheming so right there even against Thanos, he's scheming yeah Yeah, he's the saruman of this world Mm. right yeah yeah Mm. 
All right. Well, there's some recap lore on yeah. the three, but we we're gonna it. play a game, right? We're gonna play a game. And this is why we all came. This is why we showed up today, right? One of you guys, tell us about this game. We are going to play some Would You Rather. Each of us has come prepared with some scenarios, and we're going to pose it to the others. And we have to choose which one of the three characters, Corvus, Proxima, or Ma, they would prefer to have in that situation, and why. Okay. So, since I introduced it, uh, Steve's going to go first. That seems fair. Steve's going to go first. Okay. Um... All right, so my first scenario was actually given to me by my daughter, Elizabeth. We were discussing the show, and um, she came up with this idea. So here you go. Who would you rather have as your child's kindergarten school teacher? (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, Easy. Easy. If it's easy, Mike, you start it up. Well, okay, I see. Okay. As your child, oh my goodness! Yeah, your child's kindergarten school teacher. I feel like Proxima Midnight would be a strong role model for a young girl, um, but I also she also has the the lowest intellect, so that might lead might leave my child's intel- education lacking. Uh, Ebony Maw is pretty smart, but he's also conniving, and I don't want to know what that t- he's going to tell my child to do. So we're going to go with Corvus Glaive for being the highest intellect of all three of them, and uh, without. Perhaps without some of the downsides. Right. I agree with you, Mike, because, you know, a kindergarten teacher is going to have to do it all, right? It's not just, you know, overseeing nap time, but it's also gym class. It's also some basic math. So I feel like at his two scheme, two attack and a very balanced stat line and pretty high, he can kind of do it all. He covers all the bases that a kindergarten teacher needs to cover. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I will also point out that uh, if a kid's acting out of line, that face is going to put them in line. Yeah, yeah, and and he's got toughness. Oh, yeah, like he can take whatever a kindergartner is going to try to dish out. Oh, and retaliate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on yeah. the school year. there's going to be a kid that gets out of line <laughs> once. Once, I yeah. was thinking the same thing because he does have a younger brother, so he might be able to, you know, oh, yeah. handle kids. Yeah, yeah, he knows kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. You got to that's a great thank question. your daughter for that. Thank one. you, Elizabeth. Okay, Daniel, you're next. Okay. Fellas, which of these three would you want to steal your library card because you'd think they'd make your account look pretty cool? Oh. Mm. <laughs> Do you understand oh. the question? Right? Yes. Like, yep. It's like, it's like your Amazon wish, wish list, how it's – like basically how it makes your history look really good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I, I think I want Ebony Maw – to take mine. I think he's going to be studying all kinds of topics all over the gamut. Um, I think Proxima might just, you might just get like athletic books and tactical guides with Corvus and, you know, fighting stuff. I think Ma is going to, it's, he's going to be reading like the esoteric history of, you know, the infinity gems or whatever it is. So I think I go with Ma. I want Ma to take my library card. Yeah. My, my runner up was Proxima because the military history. I think it'd be cool, but everyone's got a military history section. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. Ebony Ma is going to be the one with an Economicon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that awesome. he hasn't returned, and you have a late fee on. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that was a given for the question. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, what about you, Mike? What's your first? Uh, you didn't answer your own question. Steve didn't answer his. Yes, I did. You did. 
I said Corvus Glaive because he has a little brother, so he would know kids better. Well, I thought that's why you were agreeing with me. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. You, could, you could just agree with us. Oh, well, I think, I think really, while I agree that Ma is the most, you know, probably best read, I think Proxima would have a really odd reading list. Because I think Corvus Glaive's one is going to have like all the military history tactics stuff, right? Oh, I think she's just going to have all sorts of crazy like stuff. She's, I think she's going to get interesting graphic novels. I think she'll get um, some like chicken soup for the soul type books. I think <laughs> I could see Proxima getting like deeply and weirdly into Kafka and maybe like philosophy. An illustrated right. guide. I, I think the reason I want Proxima is because I think that she seems like the most straightforward of these three. Like, oh, we know what she's like. But I bet, like, when she's got your library card and is free to get whatever she wants, like, her kind of like true self is going to emerge. Like, she's, I think, a, a deeper, think a so. deeper character. Are I, you I hoping? So. Are you hoping that she'll have like romance novels with Fabio on the cover? <laughs> um, she does. Her and Corvus do express their romantic sides quite a bit to each other in the comics. So right, I feel like she gets yeah. that taken care of in her real life. She wouldn't do that. She mm. wouldn't do that. Okay, All right. hard All to right. say. One scheme. I mean, is scheme directly correlated to intellect? I don't think I don't, so. I don't think no? so. Okay, that's good. For her, I think it's relate. It's correlating to like her interest in it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Or like I could, you know, do foil some plans or whatever, but I'd rather just hit someone with this stick. Gotcha. I she's phys- she's physical, right? But I think you know, from the hour of like nine to ten before she you know goes to sleep, she's reading some pretty interesting stuff. Okay, more than just where's Waldo? Way more. That's okay. Black Dwarf reading that stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> He's not interested, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Proxima will will reveal her inner depth through my library charges. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Now, Mike, what's your question? All Please. right. It is the 1980s. Don't worry about oh, it. Time stuff. I was there. You, you are the main character in an 80s teen movie. You know, the one yep. where you're an outcast at school, you're down on your luck, you're being bullied daily by those stupid jocks, Tony and Roger. But yep. wait, one day you happen upon a tubular dude or dudette from the future, and the ensuing hijinks take you on an adventure to wild parties and high school fame. Who is the wild card of your story? <laughs> oh. Easy for me. Oh, you better go first. Okay. Approximate minute. She shows up. She's like the new girl at school and everyone's intimidated by her. And like the mean girls try to like bring her down, but she's like above that. And she in the lunchroom in the cafeteria, she like beats up on like the star football player um, because he was picking on you. And she's like this heroic, uh, you know, defender of the downtrodden. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And then you know it ends. You know at prom where she and I are the king and queen of prom. Of course, oh. it's got to end that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So I I actually was thinking Corvus Glaive would be the one because he'd be he's that older brother who has the really cool car who can drive <laughs> me to all the places and like he does that whole thing where he beats up the bully or just shows up. He doesn't even have to fight him. He just shows up and out. You know, um, and the guys run away. And uh, like he knows Paul all the Rudd cool... and Clueless, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He yeah, knows okay. all the cool spots to go. Everybody wants to be him, 
and uh, he like takes me under his wing, and and off we go. And uh, hilarious oh, nice. ensues. That's that's my choice, Corvus. That's I good. I, I like that you're taking different angles on this. I I took a a, a third angle with Ebony Maw oh. for the hijinks part. And you know the bully's okay. walking around, and oh my gosh, the pie fell in his face because he's got telekinetic powers. And you know he's the one doing all the crazy stuff. He's dancing on the cars. He's you know, yeah, he's the guy who just might upstage you. <laughs> but don't worry, you'll ride his coattails to the end. Nice, I love it. That's good. All right, let's circle back to Steve. Okay, I, I'm going to regret asking this one after the earlier <laughs> co- conversation we had. But oh boy, out of these three, mm-hmm. who would you rather do this podcast with? Choosing them to replace one of the other hosts. <laughs> and which host is that that you replace? Uh, I can't do this. Why? Why would you ask us to I do this? This, pre, this oh. was pre-chosen. This is a good one. This is a good one. Oh, oh. Um, I have to only pick one? Yeah. Well, Mike, I'll go. That's right. Okay. I would pick Corvus Glaive to replace Steve. And I say that because we would need someone who would still be willing to do all the show notes and the strategic part of the show. <laughs> and Corvus is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's okay. tough. So yeah. That, oh man. That's it. Oh, that's that's it's acceptable. That's right. it's acceptable. I mean, if I someone's going to replace me, that's all right. I guess. I can't. It choose. has to. It has to be like the hardworking everyman. At least, at least I know the show would continue <laughs> if you pick yeah. him. And I was yeah. Gone. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 I can't choose Mustafa. Hey, that's cheating. That's cheating. Okay. You know what? No, no. It it has been <laughs> said that I am probably the least villainous person on the show. Fair. So I'm going to take one for the team, and I'm going to replace myself with the only villainous person here, which is Ebony Maw. Ooh. Okay. That would make me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little too heroic for the show to do yeah. itself. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a little heroic, but just, just, just think about that a little bit deeper. I'm injecting a bit of Ebony Maw into the group. What yeah. is more villainous than that? That it it seems like a nice thing, though. But Steve, we think that because he's Canadian, right? <laughs> well, I think I think pretty soon Ebony Maw has removed both you and I as well, Daniel. Yeah, it's exactly. Show, yeah, it's a one man show. Sneaky like that. He he seeps in there like maple syrup. <laughs> Oh jeez, it's good. All right. Well, how about you, Steve? Uh, Which one are you getting rid of? I can take it. I chose you. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I didn't really consider it, but probably I'm kicking Mike out and replacing with Proxima because her hair is actually better than Mike's hair. Oh, so and we still need someone with hair. Still need the hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, that- and and I can't have two <laughs> people on the show with hair better than me. Because then I'm right. I'm outnumbered completely. So. No, that makes sense. Is that hair or a helmet? I it's actually can't the tell. Blue, the blue coming out the back is her hair. That's oh, her hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's gorgeous. Yeah, the moose antlers or whatever. That's Yeah, that's the helmet. That's yeah. the helmet. She learned nothing from the false ancient Viking tales about <laughs> horned helmets. Right. <laughs> All right. All right, Daniel. <laughs> okay. This one on the surface will seem maybe simple. But... Which of these three do you think would most enjoy the symphony with you? Oh, Corvus Glaive. Really? Yes. Okay. Because he's the intellect, like you said, he's he's the jack of all trades. This guy's got music in his bones. He's just he's just got it. And he'll he'll understand it on an intellectual level. 
and he'll sit quiet. He'll sit quiet. Have you ever been to the symphony though, Mike, and you clapped at the wrong time? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I did I that the very first time I ever went to a symphony. I didn't know, like there's a pause. And so I started clapping and I was alone in like a 4,000 <laughs> person theater. And everyone looked at me like I was turd yeah. on their shoe. And oh. I have, that was like eighth grade maybe. And it was like a date. Weirdly. Oh, eighth grade. I've never been to a symphony since. Oh, oh that's too bad. They can, they can be fun. No, I'll you listen know. to them at my, at my house. I'll clap when I want to. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's the best thing about Corvus Glaive. He will know when to clap. So just He'll know when to clap. turn your head and, and watch what he yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Proxima might chop your hands off if you clap at the wrong time. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think I agree. Corvus Glaive, I think because he will appreciate like the ordered perfection of all these different pieces coming together mm, yes. in like this perfect harmony, right? Like the tactical mind there, I think he is watching the oboes perfectly with the percussion and figuring out when this will go to that. I, yeah, I think he will appreciate it the most. I also feel like he might pay for me as well. Oh, so I don't, oh. Yeah. that's true. Yeah. Hmm. So my answer to this is Ebony Ma for the 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 damaging the the story about my damage that I just told because I feel like when I do clap at the wrong time he has the power to like somehow make it look like someone else was clapping mm. or or make everyone else clap too or make everyone else clap <laughs> <laughs> or or yeah just like I don't know rip all the violins out of the performer's hands and smash them <gasps> you wound me sir no it's just a cover from it's just a cover for my clapping at the wrong time oh because people would forget that instantly if suddenly there were no violins oh all right well thank you guys <laughs> you know i play the violin I, right <laughs> i did not oh my god I, I did not know that i didn't know You're that supposed to smash the damn violas Oh, I'll smash a viola then. Absolutely. I had no idea you played the fiddle. I oh did. Actually, a really, really funny story. I was at a party once, and uh, uh, a girl makes a joke about a viola. And I turned to her like, you play the violin too? She's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have a... Well, of course, we've now lost our 28 viola playing listeners. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my oldest son used to play the viola, and he hated it. So There you go. <laughs> Therefore. My, young, my daughter plays the cello. <laughs> Enough said. Actually, cello is a right. beautiful instrument. Yeah, but that's not why we're here. We're we're playing. Would you rather? Yes. Hey, no, one sir. left. One left. One right, left. Mike? All right. It is the 1980s. There's a theme with mine. Yeah, I like I, it. I guess yeah. that you are in charge of the WWF Championship, but <laughs> of all the darn luck, our favorite villainous wrestler Hulk Hogan is off fighting bounty hunters in outer space. Who would you rather take his spot in the ring? Oh, Proxima. Proxima? Yeah. All right. I'd love to watch her just dusting those dudes, feasting all over them. That'd be awesome. You think maybe the show would be over too fast? No, because I think she would like, you know, like how cats like will kill a mouse slowly. Mm. Oh, okay, I feel like okay. she would like under the lights and stuff. She'd know to do it that way. She'd let him get a few punches in a couple, uh, I don't know sledgehammers. What's a what's what's a wrestling move? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there like pile driver? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Headlock, headlock, half Nelsons. Yeah, you know yeah, things like yeah. she'd like let it happen, then just just little cut by little cut, and then tell it's 
Oh, it'd be delicious. That's nice. right. WWF, what the world is watching. The Black Mouth. And he'd have this huge, like, entrance music. And he'd come down. He's this scrawny, skinny little guy, right? And he's going up against, like, Andre the Giant. Like, you know, this huge <laughs> undertaker. This guy. And he comes out and he, like, takes off his shirt and he's got no muscles. And he's like, yeah, everybody's booing him. And they're, like, laughing. He's got, like, a concave chest. He's, like, right. that scrawny. He's, yeah. getting, he's getting totally just, like, you know, ridiculed and everything. And then he, he, before he hops in the ring, he like swings his arms around and he points back to the entrance and out comes black dwarf to take his place, comes charging down and then just pounds the heck out of whoever it is that's in the ring. So uh, oh, wow. he's, he ends up being the manager, right? That sneaky 1980s right. conniving manager guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's mine. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump on board with you because I, I was gonna play the character aspect too and thought you know Corpus Glaive he's got the look that, mm. that could replace the villain, uh, but no you <laughs> you did it better. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna jump on your train. That's fine. That's fine. I thought you were gonna make Ma just like have his opponent punch himself over and over and stuff. Oh, yeah, you could do that too. You could do that, right? You can. Yeah. The recognized yeah. symbol of excellence. What a fun game, Steve! Thanks for making us. That was place. great. Yeah, some, something since we only have four cards we got to talk about now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is a set, isn't it? It is a set. Oh. Um, well, let's let's talk about them. Uh, let's, let's do our cards we did the history for. How about that? Great. Do it. Sounds good. All right. I have Corvus Glaive. He's a unique minion with a two scheme, two attack, four health. He is black order and elite. Retaliate one. Toughness. He has a special boost icon, discard an ally or support you control. Hmm. I am a servant of my master Thanos, a destroyer of worlds. I am one of the five, Corvus Glaive. Hmm. Well, well. Yeah, 224, retaliate toughness. Toughness is great because he'll get that retaliate at least once. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. Yeah, and his boost is great. just comes out and kills something. Of course, he doesn't get retaliate when Squirrel Girl shows up. Okay, sure. Yeah. Now, of the cards that do pierce, they don't do a ton of damage in general, do they? Three, uh, usually, think, right? Yeah, two or three. So I don't think you can one-shot them with the pierce. Except for Hawkeye's Vibranium Arrow, I think is like a six. Mm. See, I'm okay if they overpay. Well, yeah. If you yeah. want to overpay, great. Right. Yeah. How about that boost effect? I'm surprised the boost effect doesn't put him into play. Yeah, none of them. None of them, none of them do. They all have the same boost effect, right? They're close. Oh, they're close. They're close. Naturally, the couple does. I mean, he's a he's a decent, he's elite, so it makes it a little harder for some of those, you know, whatevers. But we've got we've got more cards. Yeah. What's yeah. Proxima all about, Mike? All right. Proxima Midnight is a minion with one scheme, three attack. She is black order and elite traded. Five hit points. That's right. She's just got a little bit more muscle than Corvus. Proxima Midnight's attacks gain piercing. That's good. And she's got the special boost. Discard an ally or upgrade you control. Nice. So I think this boost effect generally, at least the way I play, this one will hit me. Because I don't, I always play with upgrades. Oh, yeah. Whereas I don't always have supports that I don't always have allies out. Are you guys finding that? Or do you 
do you still run a lot of supports and stuff? I definitely play more upgrades than supports. Um, I like that it's like ally or support or ally or upgrade, so it will has a better chance to hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I think you're right. I think there's typically more upgrades on the table than there's yeah. supports. Although your supports will cost more. Yeah, I feel like the only supports I play are the ones that are like really specific to the deck. Unless like the, the heroes particular fifteen cards, right? They always don't they always come with their apartment and stuff like that? Right. You know, I mean unless you're that. playing some of the new shield stuff, there's a lot of supports in the shield. Okay. Sweet. I haven't I I haven't done those shenanigans yet. Yeah, I think she's a little better. I think that boost you're right, Mike. I think it is a little bit better. It's gonna hit a little more often. And she should hit a little more often. Yeah. But let me tell you guys about Blackmouth in this particular modular set. Ebony Maw's minion with one scheme, one attack. That seems low, doesn't it? It does. He's got six health. He's six the Black health. Order and Elite. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Black Order Elite. But he is villainous, guys. Okay. So it's not one scheme, one attack. It's a four scheme, four attack. And his special boost is give this enemy one additional boost card. Stop imagining poor endings for the world. A very real one is coming soon. Oh, he's good. Yeah. He's also the only one that has a like an actual boost icon on his card as well. Not just the special boost. So, Mike, why on earth does this guy have six health and the rest are weaker? I'm guessing it's because he's got Teleconnect shields or something. All right, fine. And he's yeah. potentially stronger than them, too. Like, he's he's the... He, I think he's the VIP of this set. The Villainous is really nice because... Yeah. Emer yeah. attack, he gets that boost card. That boost card could do something. He could draw Corvus or Proxima as his boost card, right? Yeah. For yeah. himself. Him as a boost effect, though, like if this is the boost effect, yeah, it's one additional. If, uh, it's not great. I mean, it's pl- it's ends up being one plus something else. I guess it gets you a chance to get into Corvus or Proxima a little bit better. Sure. I'm not super keen on that, but the villainous is really nice. And six health. Yeah, I don't get the six health, but okay. Yeah, especially after you, how you described him as a wrestler. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, you should well. you should have like a one health maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is not his WWE or <laughs> F or whatever it is. It, yeah, it's not his sure. wrestling mode. Yeah, I see his scheming wrestler mode. Right. Um, guys, can I be honest about something? Sure. This whole set has made me think that I kind of wish the game has done a little bit more for elite minions. I know we tried to in the early days by saying guard protects them as well. But right. what what's out there, guys, to like make elite feel elite? Not a not a lot, right? There's, I can think of like maybe a card or two that say non-elite minions. Right, Nova Nova Prime can't defeat elite minions. Mm, that's maybe it. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's not much at all. Yeah, is there a, isn't there a big hit that targets non-elites? Maybe I, I don't know. Anyway, it feels like I. I don't see the point of being labeled elite yet. Right. Maybe so, that's coming in standard three. God, I hope so, man. Seriously, like, I feel like they have to do something. Hey, maybe the designers are listening, and now they have some ideas for standard three. There you go. Yeah, so I think the only combo pieces you get out of other modular sets come in um, the Wrecking Crew modular set, not the villain scenario. There's, like, top talent that um, gives each elite minion retaliate. Mm-hmm. And then there's combined effort that each well, elite let's, let's minion gets to Let's not spoil future shows, Steve. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm just saying there's only a couple yeah, cards. There's a couple yeah. things, right? It seems yeah. I, it's a theme thing more than it is yeah. a meaningful thing, mm -hmm. mechanics-wise. Yeah, Theme is, of course, more meaningful than anything in the world. So, all right. Well, Steve, what are these three guys trying to do? Well, they're extracting tribute. Sweet. Which is the side scheme, has two threat per player and two boost icons. The Black Order worship death and demand tribute from those they conquer. When defeated, deal the player who defeated the scheme a face-down encounter card and has a crisis. Nice. And there's two of those, right? Two of those. Oh, I guess you're right. There must be two of those. <laughs> yes, there are two of those. That means this set has five cards in it, not four. Well, four see, look, at, look yeah. at you being four able to do math. You're, you're like Corvus or... <laughs> Ebony Ma, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's two of these. So. Great. It's a great side scheme. It's all right. It, well, I just yeah. love side schemes that hurt you for finishing them, especially a crisis. Yeah. It's like, that's just mean on top of mean. Yeah, you have to delay your... You got to deal with the crisis. You're going to end up with an encounter card. So another next turn, you're going to end up with two. It doesn't have a lot of threat. So I mean, it's not a big distraction, but they have to deal with it. But most likely. Yeah. Cool. Well, well that's Daniel. Yes, yes, Mike. Are you going to grade it? This one's hard to grade, to be honest. Um, I think there are three great minions. A lovely, lovely side scheme to you know cap it off. I, I'm going to say B plus. I feel like early in the game's life we would have given this an A plus, but we've been that spoiled be right. by a few sets now. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to give this be... one a B okay. because. I don't like the fact that when Ebony Moss schemes and he pulls Corvus Glaive as a boost, he only schemes for one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just the little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's like thematically interesting that there's nothing that really kind of like tightly holds this modular set together because these are three sort of disparate characters in the story, you know? Right. Like, you know, like a lot of these modular sets, like they, we give them A's and stuff because they like sort of hit an idea delightfully through all the cards in it. This yeah, one, like these three are just totally different things. It looked like they were trying to hit something with the first two boost effects. And then... I, but even that's thematic because they're similar to each other and they're a couple and all that. Oh, and yeah. Then, like, and then yeah. like, you know, Blackmouth is just a wild card out there and he would be different. And he is more villainous than those two, I think. So, I mean, I think it's each of the characters is right. Do you feel like tribute's wrong then? No, I think it's fine. You know, it's like it's Steven mentioned that, right, in uh the backstory of Corvus Glaive, like that's their job. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so while we're talking about it, who which one is better? Which which do you think the villain version of the character or the minion version of the character better represents them in theme in the game? Oh, that's um, an interesting question. I think yeah, I could like, only answer it in theme terms, really. Hmm. But I, I, you know, I love tower defense so much that I, it's hard for me to think that those these two minions would be better than those two villains. I like the retaliate and toughness on Corvus. Yeah, I think Proxima is fairly even. Her villain, her actual villain side has more hit points. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think I'll yes. go villain Proxima. That plus two attack is pretty nice. I think yeah. this minion card captures. Ebony Maw a little bit better thematically than the villain who turns him into a wizard when he's not. Like, we talked about that earlier. So, like, this him, him as, like, a scheming, villainous, hard-to-put-down minion, I think, is good. 
Yeah, I was going to say his his is so so he's not a mystic as a minion, mm-hmm. right? So he doesn't play off of any of that. And we talked about him not necessarily being a mystic, but like having these spells or what do they call them? Invocations or enchantments as a as a villain. Yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think the Ebony Maw villain works best as a whole set, but just distilling it down to the card doesn't do it justice. Whereas the minion kind of does. If that's the question, if boiling boil down to one card, what represents them the best? I think they did a good job. Yeah. As a minion. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think this min. I think all three of these minions are pretty good representations of them. But I think you're right. Proxima as a villain just hits as hard as you expect her to hit. Right. I mean, the minion though she she does actually have a spear, and she's pictured on her art. <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, did we come to a conclusion on which is more accurate, the minion or the villain? I, I don't know if we have. I don't, I, and I don't know if we have to. We don't. What I'd like, to, I'd like to know what our listeners think. Oh, but how would they tell us, Steve? I don't know. Mike, do you know how they would tell us? I totally do. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. Tell us who represents their character better. And you know what? I've got another one for you. Stay with me here. It's the 1980s. You know those cool television shows that we used to love as kids? The ones where the bad guys were like kind of toned down. Like they couldn't even depict characters shooting guns. This is this right. is true. That's why every bad guy had a laser pistol back in the day. So I'm saying it's the 80s because that's when I was a kid. But maybe it's not for you. So who would you rather replace the villain of your favorite childhood show? There you go. It's going to be Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> oh man. Let us know. We are criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Discord. We are Vardane, Big Film Wolf, and Wandering Tuke. And heck, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Critical Encounters. You can drop your message there. And hey, while you're at it, pop by YouTube and search for Critical Encounters Podcast. We've got lots of videos up, and there will be more coming down the pipe. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Proxima, take us out. Fight! Run! Surrender! It does not matter. This world belongs to Thanos now! This one is, I think, is going to seem on the surface symphony. Uh, or, <laughs> sorry, let me start out over Steve. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> You'll see why that weird. Okay, this one on the surface will seem... Fight, fight, run, surrender. It does not matter. The world belongs to Thanos now. That was pre-recorded, Mike. Did you not read the end of the show notes? It's okay. No. (laughs) How come it doesn't say don't read the flavor? It's okay. You can read it and she can read it too. It's all right. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Because you replaced me. That's why. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Corvus Glaive didn't think to put it in there. Yeah. All right. Travel.